Well, we are, uh, I think someone mentioned it earlier um, today, but we are kind of in that summer transition where we're shifting out of winter and all things winter and cold into summer, summer programming. And so today we are kicking off a, uh, a sermon series. Um, and in the sermon series, we are going to get to know 12 biblical characters. Um, I will go ahead and warn you that as we get to know these characters, we are really going to get to know God on a whole nother level. Um, we're going to get to know a lot about ourselves. We're, we're going to get to know a lot about the world we live in. Um, I was kind of chuckling earlier. I heard someone say, oh, just th these are unprecedented times we're living through. And not so much. You'll see as we go through this. And we're also going to learn uh, a lot about the dynamics of a healthy spiritual life. You know, what does it mean to really walk with God? And we're going to do it out of the Old Testament, which I think is just exciting. Um, I'm an Old Testament nerd. I, I see too many people migrating away. There's so much richness. So I'm really excited about this. I can't wait to share it with you. Um, I will go ahead and tell you that the, the 12 biblical characters, you've already seen who they are, but they're not the usual suspects. You know, typically you'd think, oh yeah, 12 disciples, uh, 12 tribes of Israel, 12 spies going into the promised land. But uh, no, these are the 12 minor prophets. So this summer, we're going to major in the minors, all right? Okay, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but, so we're talking about none other than, um, I'll give you the names, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, uh, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Wow. I, I heard a wow, but I didn't see a whole lot of yes. And here's what's, because here's what's really interesting about, about the 12 minor prophets. They get very little airtime. Um, I, I, if we did a poll around the room today and said, all right, let's say what we know about them. We'd hang in there with a couple of them, but most of us would have to admit, I, I really don't know his story, story uh, you know, uh, their stories. So it's really interesting, guys with, with books of the Bible named after them that we know very little about. So we are going to change that together, okay? Uh, we're also going to do something even more fun. We're going to turn up the summer fun by uh, turning this into a reading program as well, uh, so what we're going to do is, today is an intro, so you're off the hook, but we're going to take these guys in the order they come in Scripture, and I want to invite you to just read along every week. Um, so next week is Hosea. Read the story of Hosea. By the way, if you have never read the story of Hosea, buckle up. And by the way, buckle up for all these guys, because these are some wild stories. So get ready. Um, we're going to enjoy it. Uh, Joel week two all the way through to the very end, um, Malachi, probably sometime at the end of July. And I did resist making the joke that Malachi is the only Italian prophet, Malachi. I did not do that, so I want credit for not being too much of a dad joker today. All right, let me pray, and then let's, uh, let's get to know prophets together, all right? Father, we, we sang earlier that your grace is enough. And the truth is, Lord, without your grace we have no chance. We have no, no opportunity to know you, um, to know your word, to, to even have ears to hear, or for me today, the ability to speak. So God, we welcome your grace into our lives. And 
Lord, I thank you so much for these minor prophets. Father, their stories, oh, they're so good. And they just call us to life and to faithfulness and to holiness and into relationship with you. And I pray that that's the journey we take together as a congregation this summer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so question number one, what is a biblical prophet? Or better yet, what is an Old Testament prophet? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Um, is because because there are a lot of a lot of kind of misconceptions or stereotypes. Like, is is an Old Testament prophet like a spiritual superhero? Um, is an Old Testament prophet is it is it just a very very holy person or someone with ginormous just massive faith? Is an Old Testament prophet like a fortune teller or? <laughs> Is an Old Testament prophet, is it just kind of some spooky, otherworldly type person? Um, there are trace elements of some of that in, in the Old Testament prophets. Um, for example, foretelling the future, but that's a very, very small part of what they do. So the answer really to all of those is no. So here is an Old Testament prophet, okay? Here, here's how it begins for these guys. An Old Testament prophet is a painfully ordinary, normal person who has an extraordinary encounter with God and God calls them into action. And so they speak and they act for God. Now, I'll give you an example, okay? Jeremiah, uh, we could take so many of these guys, but here's, here's how it all started for Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah's response, Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. And it's just really important that we understand that any one of us could have been an Old Testament prophet. These were people, and when you research them in Scripture, you either have nothing written about them until they begin to speak, pointing out that th there was nothing great about them. They weren't well-known uh, or anything like that, or they're just called out of a painfully ordinary life. Some of these guys were shepherds, farmers, and, and, and just the, the incredible, because I want you to see it. I mean, they are literally just bopping along the road of life, doing their thing, and wham, God shows up, and everything changes. You know, I think of Isaiah, if, uh, Isaiah's call in Isaiah 6, in the year the King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. The train of his, of his robe filled the temple. And I cried, woe is me, I'm ruined. And then God takes over from there, touches his mouth, sends him out, and he's a completely different person. So these were ordinary people. And their audience, just so you know, could be anyone. Um, for, for some of them, they spoke directly to power, to kings and to rulers. Um, others of them uh, spoke, like, for, for example, Jonah, spoke to a wicked nation. He, God had him march over to the Ninevites and just speak to them about their sin 
and call them to life. But for all of them, it was the people of God. All of them spoke directly to the people of God. And as you can imagine, okay, if God shows up in your life, calls you into action, uh, their message was a strong one, always strong. You know, so it wasn't like God showed up and said, hey, here's what I want you to do. I've got some great recipes that I'd really like for you to share with the people of God. Or, you know, hey, take your time, beat around the bush. It wasn't like that at all with these guys. Their, Their message was strong. But it was two-sided, okay? So on one side, it was always a message of warning. Guys, you need to turn. What you're doing, you're killing yourself spiritually. They were direct. They were blunt about just the sins of the nation, of the people. But also, with every one of these prophets, there are incredible messages about the heart of God, the love of God, the future that God has for his people. So, So it's really, I mean, you will be challenged, Uh, as I have been in my pre-study, but you'll also be greatly encouraged about who God is and what he has waiting for you. So we're going to hit that. Now, you also need to know with with all the Old Testament prophets that sometimes God had them act out their message. Um, Physically, these guys were like living parables. I'll give you a few few examples. Okay, this is why we say the prophets were kind of wild, um, Isaiah, for example, walked around prophesying for God naked for three years. <laughs> Don't imagine that happening in here, okay? But why is he doing that? Because he's demonstrating this is what your sins are doing to you. They're making you destitute. They're tearing you apart. Jeremiah walked around preaching for God wearing an ox yoke. Okay, y'all know what that is? Uh, those things are big. Those things are heavy. But, but why? He's talking to the people about the bondage that they're placing themselves in. Um, Hosea, okay, we'll get into Hosea next week, so I won't say too much. God had Hosea marry a prostitute and then give his children some of the wildest names of all time to demonstrate spiritual adultery, that the people are adulterating themselves through idolatry. And then Ezekiel Poor Ezekiel, Uh, he at one point ate a scroll, ate a scroll, okay? He laid on one side for 390 days. God had him at one point cook his food over a uh, fire of manure. Um, Wow, I I like to cook with charcoal. I love what the smoke does. I imagine that today. But he had to cook his food over, over manure, and then God had him prophesy to dry bones that they would come to life. So, so these stories, that's why we had the music. This is epic stuff, y'all. It, it, it really is neat. Now, being an Old Testament prophet, it did have an upside as well. There were a few things they got to do. They, they were the ones in the Old Testament, you'll see this, they would show up and they would anoint the king's and the rulers of Israel, which is just a phenomenal task. Some of them even perform miracles, like Elijah, uh, Elisha, so even more amazing. And then finally, before we intro the 12 minor prophets, all the Old Testament prophets had two things in common. Now, one of them is amazing. The other one is not so amazing, okay? So for the first one, every one of the Old Testament prophets pointed to and paved the way for Jesus. Even way back then, I mean, these guys were uh, 800 to 400 BC. They speak about Christ. 
They point us to Christ. I mean, if you look like, for example, in Isaiah, so many passages about Jesus and what he'll do and how he'll bear the sins of the world. He'll be a suffering servant. He'll be a deliverer. We see this in all the prophets. It's just so neat that, in fact, I know someone who got saved one time reading the book of Isaiah because they realized this is 700 years before Jesus is born, and he's described perfectly in detail. Only God could do that. So I've taken this strong stuff here. The other uh, thing they had in common, which was not so awesome, is every one of them were rejected, persecuted, and a lot of them faced very grisly deaths. Um, there, a scripture will pop up behind me here, Hebrews 11. They give us kind of a short list of what happened to a lot of these guys. I, 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 it was torture, mocking, flogging, chains, imprisonment, death by stoning, uh, being sawed in two, uh, killed by the sword, destitution, persecution, mistreatment, and if all that weren't bad enough, wandering around in deserts and mountains and living in caves and holes in the ground. Wow. Uh, Jesus refers to this uh, when he's talking to the Pharisees. He says this in Luke 11, 47 through uh, 49. He goes, Woe to you, Pharisees, because you build tombs for the prophets, but it was your ancestors who killed, this, killed them. Because of this, God said, I will send them prophets and apostles some of whom they will kill, and others they will persecute. And that, by the way, is the reason why at the Old Testament prophet hiring agency, there were never any applicants, okay? I mean, this re you really had to be called into this because it, it ended so often in martyrdom. And in this way, they all kind of foreshadow Christ. You know, they're forerunners of Jesus, but they go on to, to die pretty grisly deaths. So that's, uh, that's Old Testament prophets in general now let's look at the 12 minor prophets, and let's answer the burning question. I can see it on every mind. Why are they called minor, okay? Um, we can thank Augustine for this. Uh, in 400 AD, he called them the minor prophets. The good news is, though, he did not have anything against these guys, okay? So it's not like Augustine looked at them and he went, oh, man, you know, the, the, the message, uh, the ministry of these guys, uh, they're, they're wimpy. You know, just give them a little, you know, stick them in the back of the Old Testament or something. They're so minor league compared to the all-stars. You know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, is it, it wasn't that way at all. What he's referring to is simply book length, the length of, of, of their stories in Scripture. Uh, when you, if you take Isaiah, for example, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, and you combine those books you come away with 166 chapters. And some of those chapters are very long. If you take the minor prophets, okay, there are 12 of them, right? Combine all of their stories, you only come away with 63 chapters. That's it. And most of them are, are, are very short. Um, the, the chapter ranges from one chapter, Obadiah, to 14 chapters. Hosea and, and uh, there's one more. 14 chapters. And, and uh, most of them are just a, a few chapters long. Math majors, the average length of a minor prophet book is five and a half chapters, okay? See, some of you, I see the relief in the room. Because we asked you to read them. It, you're not going to be reading War and Peace. A lot of these, it's a chapter or two a day. So this is very, very doable for us. But here's the thing about the minor, the minor prophets. 
Every one of them are heavy hitters. Okay, when these guys step up to the plate, the ball is going out of the yard. These guys, they are incredible. They bring the message. They, they bring ministry every time. The action in all of these books is phenomenal. They show up and they preach judgment. And, you know, not li- and there is no beating around the bush with these guys. They call it out. The sins of the nation, um, the sins in people's lives, I mean, they, they just say it, you know, very refreshing. Um, but, but they also bring salvation. And some of the things that they tell us about the heart of God, some, some of us struggle with ourselves, don't we? You know, we know the sins that we do. I mean, we could replay last week, and it's like, oh, my gosh. These guys, you are so assured as you read the 12 minor prophets of God's love for you, of the forgiveness that he has that no matter what you do, his desire is to make you clean and make you new. These guys tell us the truth. It's phenomenal. Um, they, they also speak very, very clearly to the issues of the day. And that's why I said earlier, you know, some of us go, oh, I tell you, the, the 21st century, there's never been a time in history like it. Oh, whoa, not true. Wait till you see what was going on back in these times. I mean, we're talking Assyrians and conquering and on the part of God's people, adultery, uh, all kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot going on, and they speak to it. They also all speak about the great coming day of the Lord, okay? Just so you know, the, 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 the day of the Lord is a very, very good day for you if you are faithful to God, if you're walking with God. It is not a very good day for you if you are not walking with the Lord. These guys do everything in their power to call people into faith in God so they'll be able to actually enjoy that day. Um, Also with these guys, even though they are ancient, and I've been alluding to this, you know, 800 B.C. to 400 B.C., every one of them speak to right now. It's been 3,000 years since these guys were here, but everything they say to people back then is relevant to us right now. There are four essential truths that are going to jump out at you with all these prophets. I'll tell you what they are. Number one, they are going to remind us of where we came from. Speaking to the people today, they talk a lot about slavery. You guys were slaves. They remind us that we were slaves as well. We were in bondage to sin, but God has done something. And for us, that something was in Christ. He has set us free. Call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven and you are free. So they remind us of that. They also do this, and I love it. They warn us of the deadliness of sin. You know, and this is not to pick on the world because we can be just as guilty of this. But, you know, you look around a lot today and it's kind of like, well, sin's not that big a deal. Maybe, you know, maybe this doesn't matter that much. These guys remind us. They show us. Here's where sin leads. Here's what it does in your life. And they warn us of that. And they call us back to God, again, assuring us of forgiveness, of salvation, of life, of being made clean. And finally, they point us to the glorious destiny that God has for us. And I think in this day and age, we need to be reminded of where God's taken us. You know, what, what is the end of the story? Like, we need to hear that afresh and anew. It really changes your today 
to know what your destination is, and these guys will help us with it. So they do that through this combination of correction and encouragement. And here's what they're after. What the 12, well, I can't say that actually. Here's what 11 of the prophets are after, okay? 11 of the prophets are after us having a rich relationship with God. They want us to know this God. Now, why did I throw one of them out? Because there's one of the prophets who does not want that to happen for his audience. God deals with him, and uh, let's just say a big, big fish is involved, okay? So we'll get there. I think that's Patty's sermon coming up. But they, they, are, they are after what they want to see in, in us, the people of their day in us. They want to see us in a covenant relationship with God. They want us bound to God with this allegiance of love that we would be a people that everywhere we go, we represent him. I mean, even the countenance on our face reflects the joy and the richness of the love relationship with God. So that, that's what they want. And, um, I mean, they, they want us living a life, a hope, and a future. Okay, two final questions before we get to communion. First question is, why should we listen to these guys? They're so Old Testament, right? Here's why we should listen to them. Number one, because they were speaking to God's people back then, and we are God's people right now. That's a good reason. A second reason is because everything they are talking about back then is still happening today in the lives of people, in our world. Um, third, because they have a whole lot to say about Jesus and Jesus has a whole lot to say about them. Uh, for example, Jesus says this in Matthew 5, 17. Don't think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. That verse alone says, these guys are worth our time, our effort, our understanding. We need to listen to what they have to say. And then second question, all right, I'm going to give away a little bit of the end today. What should we expect in our lives from listening uh, to sermons and reading about these 12, uh, these 12 minor prophets. Here it is, a wake-up call. A wake-up call to what life in Jesus is all about. A wake-up call to our own lives, our own destiny, our mission, everything that we are called to be, and deep encouragement. I'm going to keep saying this all the time. Deep encouragement about who God is and how much he loves you how crazy he is about you. It, it's so you can answer the question, who is God's favorite? And you can say, I am. Because that's the answer to the question. Every single one of us, we, we will mind that, um, squeeze the juice out of that before we're done. And hopefully when this thing is over, we are gonna know God better than ever before. And we are gonna be in love with God in a way that the world sees it as we walk around. So that's what you have to look forward to, okay? What is your homework for next week? Read Hosea. If, and by the way, if you have not read Hosea, okay, I, I said it before, but I've got to say it again, buckle up. It is absolutely fascinating, okay? Hosea is so good that a best-selling novel was written about it, and this year Hollywood made a movie about it. Now, I, will, I have to disclaim this. I did check the Rotten Tomatoes score on this movie. It was a 12 Okay, but the point is it was so interesting, even Hollywood wanted to make a movie about it. So please read that and, and just get ready. Guys, we are going to be so blessed walking in the Word of God together um, through this. So let me pray for us and we'll, uh, we'll transition. Father, we thank you that you are the living God. 
and that you are after living relationship with your people. Father God, we, we, we read about what religion does to people, and it's not good. We, we've seen it maybe in ourselves or other people, but Lord, to be lit up with your love, to be passionate and excited about who you are, to, to be someone who is being made new by you. Oh God, we want that so much. We, we want to just go deeper and deeper all the days of our life. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, that as we go through this, that you, know, you, you would work on our hearts, our minds, that you would draw us to yourself, and that you would do a beautiful thing in Cornerstone Church and through Cornerstone Church. In Jesus' name, amen.